know what you're all thinking, you're expecting someone taller, that's okay. That was a quick laugh. So we're gonna have an extended ultra time, apparently. It's good to be here. Uh, again, if you guys are new here, uh, my name is Andrew, I'm one of the pastors here. Of course, Pastor Michelle, my lovely wife, who you all know. Um, and so I'm gonna be continuing on the message that we've been kind of walking through this past month. Have you guys been enjoying this prayer series, by the way? Thank you, six of you, that's awesome. Bless the Lord. Um, if we could actually get the, uh, the Lord's Prayer up there on the screen, if you would. So I just want to do a quick recap uh, for maybe some of you that are joining, maybe online afterwards, just to kind of give a bit of a, a walkthrough of where we've been and where Pastor John has been bringing us. And so we've covered our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we get to this one weird phrase where there's just this loaf of bread. It's a little awkward, just like God's kingdom, God's fathering, his kingdom, his glory, all of that good stuff, bread. So we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit, because Jesus never says anything by accident, and he means what he says. And the great thing about Jesus is that you can always trace what he's saying if we look at the way he's saying it. So we're going to do that today. So the, one of the, the, the quick things I want to mention is, why bread? Out of everything Jesus could talk about the Father, he mentions bread. Didn't talk about creation, didn't talk about his authority, didn't talk about anything else. He mentions bread. Now the funny thing is, when, when Pastor Michelle and I first started dating, and I brought her over to meet my parents, that sudden, like, hey, you're going to meet my parents moment, um, what my wife quickly found out is that we have a pile of one-liners, family stories, things that we say that unless you didn't know us, you would have no idea what we were talking about. Like just little phrases, and like my parents are from the UK, from England and Scotland, so the sense of humor is very dry and very cut. And Michelle's like sitting at like our supper table like, ha ha ha. I don't know what you're talking about. Of course, my dad, with his very thick Scottish accent, leans over and is like, hey, do you understand what we're saying? Like, do you get it? But unless you knew our story, you would never understand what we were talking about. And Jesus, in his very same way, when he mentions, give us today our daily bread, we read that and we go, cool, he's going to give us what we want. But to the, to the disciples at that time, they knew exactly what he meant when he said, give us today our daily bread. And so that's what we're going to kind of unpack this morning. So there's two things Jesus mentions when he says bread. And we're going to do a little bit of a, a backstory. I know the Old Testament is confusing. It's long. There's too many PHs and THs in names that they shouldn't exist. I get that. But we're going to do a deep dive back just for a few minutes to set the stage. And I want to go to two passages. One is in Proverbs chapter 30, verses 8 to 9. If you have your Bibles, it's up on the screen there. If you have your Bibles, by all means, you can flip there. Now, the funny story is, is that the Old Testament is the collection of one, yes, the nation of Israel, but it's also, it displays the character of God to his creation. How many people are thankful for, his, for, you know, for him showing us his goodness, showing us his kindness, all that type of thing? But there's this proverb found in, 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 in the Old Testament and it says this, keep worthlessness and heavy false words far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. 
Feed me with the food that is my portion. Your, your translation might say the, 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 the food that I need or my, my ration for the day. In some other translations, it says my portion. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is Yahweh? Or lest I be impoverished and steal and profane the name of God. What this is basically saying is, God, if you give me too much all at once, I'm not going to rely on you. And then it says, but if you deny me and I'm found in lack, I'm going to take matters into my own hands, and I'm just going to make this work. Meaning I'm going to give undue and unneeded attention to your name and profane it. Now, I don't know about you, and maybe I'm just speaking to myself, I'm very good at taking matters into my own hands concerning some things. If it's not happening, we can make this work real quick. But what this is showing us is like what Pastor John's been teaching us, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the one of the most amazing things that Pastor John has, has said, I, I believe it was a quote, he said, before we can pray, God, your kingdom come, our kingdom must go. So if God gives us too much all at once, our human nature says, well, I'm good, check mark, peace, I'm out. And then we forget to rely on the Lord on a daily basis. Now, I want to go a little bit further. I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it is long. I'm going to help you out today. In Exodus chapter 16, we read about the Israelites when they're in the wilderness. Everyone know kind of that story? They came out of Egypt. You know, Moses parted the Red Sea. Now, I come from a family of four. My brother, me, my mom, my dad. It was a chore to get the four of us up, that's a fight, fed, clothed, packed, and out. And the fleet say, pfft, amateurs. <laughs> but it's true. Now, now, why is this so important? It's important to know because in the wilderness is where, is where God said, I will give them manna, which is bread from heaven. Don't have time to do the deep dive on this, but pretty much where the Lord was bringing them, they started to complain. We would never do that, I know, but they were doing it, and that's okay. <clears throat> but God says, I will give them bread in the wilderness every day. Yeah. But here's the problem. From 400 years of Egyptian slavery, there was about 1.2 to 2 million people that came out of Egypt that were Israelites. 1.2 to 2 million people. So Moses' job was to keep 1.2 to 2 million people fed. <laughs> and everyone got stressed thinking about that. Family of four, hard. 1.2 million to 2 million? Nope, thank you, got the wrong guy, I'm out. But here's the thing. God said, I will provide for you on the day. Amen. That's a, good, that's a good promise. Here's a stipulation. The bread only fell at a certain time, and it was only good for 24 hours for 1.2 million people. Okay, we can work with that. We can work with that. Oh, but by the way, on the seventh day, you can't gather, so you have to gather twice as much on the sixth day to keep the Sabbath holy. <laughs> it's beautiful, but God, it's, it's taxing, and so what we see here is that when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, the disciples instantly knew what was happening. Instantly knew what he was talking about. Oh, God's going to provide for us, but man, <laughs> it's going to be some work. It's going to be some work. And sometimes if we're not careful, we can actually walk into the provision of God as a victim thinking it's not really what we need. Well, God, I don't... <laughs> 
Is it gluten-free? Are we getting any fish? Like it's just bread? Give us today our daily bread. Now the good news is, the good news that we preach being in Jesus is that Jesus not only referenced what God did in the Old Testament, but he updates it. He makes it applicable for you and I to understand not only what the character of God is, but what Jesus through the cross has done for us. So I want to quickly go to, to uh, John chapter 6, verse 31, 35. It'll be up on, your, on the screen as well. Now, what's funny is, looking back at being able to talk to, to a culture or a people group that when you say certain words, it's, it, it, kind of, you know, it kind of brings some fun to it. Um, there's this funny story with, uh, with our family about Quebec City. That, that was the point where my mom had a bit of an emotional breakdown because my brother and I were, be, were being brats. And we caused her to have like, this emotional cry fest in a restaurant that she like, left the restaurant. And my dad's just like, looking at us both like... Uh oh, and so every time we mention Quebec City, we all go shh. We don't we don't talk about Quebec. And sometimes that's what the nation of Israel was like when they realized how rebellious they were in the wilderness. Oh, we don't talk about that time. Ooh, that's not good. Oh, that was painful. Oh no, thank you. We got complacent. We were complaining. It wasn't good. God provided, but ooh, ah, we don't talk about that because you know Jesus. We just want something new. We want something fresh. This is what Jesus says. Now, there's a lot happening in John chapter 6. There's a lot happening. This is where Jesus feeds the 5,000, and he makes that weird, obscure comment later on in the chapter about you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood, that type of weird comment. That seems really weird, really out to lunch. But listen to this, John chapter 6, starting in verse 31. This is the disciples speaking. He says, Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. That's what we were just talking about in in Exodus. But then Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Moses has not given the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then then, Then the disciples said to Jesus, Lord, always give us this type of bread. And Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger, and he who believes in me will never thirst. Now when Jesus says later on in that passage, those who eat my flesh and drink my blood, it makes a little bit more sense. Not a whole lot more sense, but a little more sense. A little more sense, okay? But what is Jesus saying here? Why does he reference what God did in the Old Testament to now? The beautiful thing about the work of Jesus that we see mentioned here in the Lord's Prayer, if you could bring that back up, that would be great. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today, Jesus. Give us today the work of your Son. Give us today what Christ has provided for me. It brings a bit of a different light into it now. Nothing about this is beyond, is, is, is really condoning passivity. And it's not just saying, God, give me just what I need to survive, and I'll just lay down and take the day as it is with a little bit of hope. There's a provision that Jesus has offered us that goes beyond what he did in the wilderness. 
He's actually saying, in order for God's kingdom to, be, you know, to come on earth and, for his, and his will to be done, it's only through me, he says. You, we, I think we've all read that no one comes to the Father except through the... Okay, that, that, you, you guys got it. <laughs> no one comes to the Father except through the Son. Meaning, Jesus has kind of pushed us into a corner with this prayer. We can get nowhere with the kingdom of God except through the Son. Give us today our daily bread. Now, the benefits of this is this. Jesus is saying that not only was there bread provided in the wilderness, there is everlasting bread given for you today. He is bread that does not mold. He is bread that does not fade. He is bread that, you know what, if I forgot to pray yesterday, that's okay. You don't have to wait for a certain amount of time before you can introduce yourself back into that presence. You can go right back in. That Jesus has no expiration date. So everything you need is found in the person of Jesus through this Lord's Prayer. Give us today our daily bread. So what does that mean? When you wake up in the morning, you're under-caffeinated, underslept, or maybe you're over-caffeinated and overslept. I don't know how that works, but anyway, <laughs> let's just go there. And you're anxious for whatever reason. Don't, God, don't just give me what I need for the day. Give me my portion of Jesus. God, if my portion is peace, God, give me peace today. Brings that to a whole new light. God, let your kingdom come, but God, may it come in me first. Maybe you're angry or maybe you stubbed your toe first thing in the morning, which, by the way, ow. And you're dealing with just this tension and vengeance and anger over little things. Your portion is self-control. Maybe there's this chronic illness that's hit your family and it seems like there's no hope. Guess what? Your portion is healing. Maybe you're so downtrodden with things that have been going on outside and inside. I don't know if you've noticed, but the world's not in a great lot of shape right now. Maybe you wake up and CNN's blaring in your face and CBS is blaring in your face and there's just no good news every day. Well, your portion is hope. Everything that you need that God can provide for you is found in the bread of life. What do you need? Now, the beautiful thing is this, is that oftentimes you walk into this and you say, well, God, you know, whatever it is that you would have for me, I'm just going to receive it today. And that's good. That's great. But there's a pressing into this that we are allowed to do. Psalm 34, 8, it's not up there, but it says, come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Which literally means come and experience the goodness of God. Come experience what God has provided for you through the work of his son on the cross. Now, not to give you too much foreshadowing, but I'm pretty sure you all know this. Do you know what comes after this phrase, give us today our daily bread? Forgiveness. Bad day to wear white. You and I cannot forgive until we've tasted forgiveness. The salvation message is all in this. Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven through Jesus our living bread to offer us into forgiveness. 
Ooh, it takes on a whole different tone now, doesn't it? Now people are like, I'm going to stop praying this right now. Oh, gee, my heart's going all over the place. But this is what the Lord's provided for us. What is it that you need is found in the person of Christ through the work of us being forgiven and us forgiving others. But that's for next week. I'm not going to jump too heavy into that. So what is it that is your portion that Christ has provided for you? He is not going to spoil. He's not going to run from you. He's not going to leave you in lack. He's provided all things you need through the work of the cross. That's why we preach the good news. It's good news. Jesus will never walk away from, you know, the scripture says, a broken wax or a smoldering reed. Which means if you are broken, that's okay. He's attracted to your brokenness. If you're just burnt and you're toast and you're done, guess what? There's hope and restoration and revitalization for you through who? Our bread of life. It doesn't spoil. It doesn't leave. It doesn't forsake. It's as close as you want him to be. He actually puts the ball in our court. What is it that you want? Well, God, I need this. Then that's your portion. The problem is, yeah, how do we ask for that without sounding like really stubborn? Well, God, I just want it. Okay, that's good. That's great. But we want to look at what our response can be for this in a healthy manner. Because I don't, I want those like applicable guys. I want to give you guys some kind of give to work this out, right? The word of God isn't so static that it doesn't allow us to move. There's, there's room to breathe in this and to grow in it. So Luke 11 verses 9 to 13, it'll be on your screens. It says this, Jesus says, And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his sons ask for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent or a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, that is us, away from our shepherd, we're not well, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now that sounds real poetic and good. But what this actually means when you translate this in Greek, I know, don't, that's a whole other thing. It means seek, but continually seek. Knock and continually knock. Find, go, press into the things of Jesus. Jesus is not, you know, Jesus is a gentleman, but he's, he's, he's not timid. He can take the weight of our questions. I think Pastor John said that, you know, if you guys remember a few weeks back, he said he was the inquisitive kid. Why? 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 That caused people just to go, okay, that's enough. But that's the thing. Why am I in lack if Jesus has provided all that I've needed? Are we pressing in on a daily basis? God, I know you've provided peace, but I don't have peace. Press in. Even if it takes you all day. Jesus, you've promised me peace. My portion is peace. Jesus, I receive your peace today. I receive your peace today, because that is your portion. Oftentimes, we just make it a checklist. Well, I prayed for it once. It's good, right? And then we just kind of shelf it. 
But Jesus is saying, no, no, keep on asking. Because bit by bit by bit by bit, we have our stubbornness broken down to the place where Ezekiel says our stony hearts become hearts of flesh. We can receive the good news because we're not broken. And the good news is, is that Jesus hasn't left us in the place of wanting. But we also need each other to help cultivate that hunger. If you've heard Pastor John say multiple times, we are people that are cultivated in the presence of Jesus. What does that mean? The life that Jesus has provided for you and I, we help each other grow strong in that. Yes? Okay. <laughs> Just get quiet for a second. So how do we look at this prayer now? How do we look at Matthew chapter 6? You're going to throw it back up there. When we see this now, everything actually funnels down to the person of Jesus. And we can mentally know that Jesus has provided some stuff for us. But have we tasted? Have we seen? Have we experienced the goodness of God? Everyone here is probably thinking that it's to God providing for them, yes? No? <laughs> because we can't be shy about that. But Jesus has given us the free will to choose whether we want to be in lack or not. But Jesus says, if you press in, if you seek, if you knock, if you kick my door, if you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, you rattle the gates of heaven saying, Jesus, I am in need of you today. He is going to be faithful to answer because he is not bread that you have to wait for to drop. And he's not bread that if you wait too long, he rots and withers away. He is everlasting. He is everlasting, which also means that receiving this takes time. Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your Sometimes we get so caught up in the method of praying that we forget to receive. Right? Prayer isn't just us talking. It's part of it. But are we receiving what Christ has provided for us? And maybe you don't know how to do that. Welcome. Wednesday, the morning prayer starts at 6 o'clock. Shameless plug. <laughs> Pre-gathering prayer. Guess what? It starts at 9 o'clock. We've got things happening all throughout the week to get you in and plugged into some of the great things that God wants to do in your life. So, bread from heaven. The goodness of God doesn't rot, doesn't wither. It's the good news of Jesus, but we can only do it through him. I'm just going to ask Pastor Michelle just to come up. What I want to do is, 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 is create a bit of space this morning. Maybe there are things that you've heard today that are like, man, that's a bit new. I never saw it that way before. Or maybe this is kind of plucked an area in your heart saying, maybe I'm not pressing in as hard as I should be for God's goodness in my life. Or, hey, maybe become complacent where, you know, I've just kind of pushed the autopilot button and we're just good to go. I've been there. Let me be honest with you. It's lifeless. It's dangerous. Ever left a fire untended? What happens? No heat. And so what I want to do is I want to create a space this morning for us to respond.
I want us to not just be people that hear good information or a good message or a good sermon, but if we're going to be talking about a place of prayer for, for God to meet us at our, wherever we are in the good, bad, ugly, or good-looking, we have to practice receiving the goodness of God. That it's not just a thought, it's a heart transformation. And so if you would, if you're able, I just ask you just to stand with me as we get ready to kind of just close this out. Has this been good? Okay. So however, however you posture your heart, if it's hands open, if it's hands down, if it's crossed arms, whatever the case may be, if you have to stand on your head, there's corners in the back, that's okay. God's not, God's not timid. I just want to take some time and just pray over that before we go into a response time. That whatever Jesus is doing in your heart this morning, whatever Jesus is doing in your mind this morning, maybe he's doing some rewiring, or maybe he's trying to get into your heart to areas where we need to rely on him more on a daily basis, maybe for some of us an hourly basis. That would be me. But if we just kind of heard this and didn't respond to it, I would be doing you a disservice. So Jesus, this morning, God, you are the good shepherd. You are the bread of life. Those who seek the Lord shall lack no good thing. God, I just ask right now that your grace would just fall to the hearts of man right now. God, maybe this is people's first time responding to something like this. And if you've never made a decision, maybe to make Jesus your, your Lord and Savior, come on up and see us afterwards up, up front. We'd love to pray with you about that. But God, I just ask that any stoniness in our hearts would be removed this morning. God, I just ask that any, anything that would be you know, coming up in, in our minds and in our hearts, that maybe there's areas that we have not yet surrendered to you. Maybe there is a place of unforgiveness. Maybe there is a place of, of maybe needing to update our desire to seek you on a more daily basis. God, would you reveal that to our hearts this morning? God, because we want to be a group of people on Graham and Ann who are cultivating the goodness of God and the presence of God through the work of prayer. In order for your kingdom to come, our kingdom must go. And maybe that's something that's happening in your heart this morning. <clears throat> maybe there's a battle between what you want and what God wants you to have. Or maybe you just need some peace. Maybe this is the only you know, breath of fresh air you've had all week. Then receive that. That's your portion today. The goodness of God is not without experiencing his goodness in your heart. So if that's you, just receive that today what the Lord is doing. And the great thing is, is, has anyone ever heard what roots sound like when they grow? Exactly. It's silent. You don't see it, but it's happening. So God, may the roots of our heart go down deep and receive the goodness of God.